Good morning, good afternoon, much love to the world. Welcome to From Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Doing fine there, Miss, Miss, Mr. Rudy, or Dr. Rudy. Awesome, awesome. How's the weather over there in Marlborough? Oh, it's beautiful today. That's good. You going to get out and take a walk today? Oh, yeah, sure. Focus on your health? Yeah. Uh... So, uh, H.R. 1 passed the House. What are your thoughts on this this voting right? I think H.R. 1 is the most uh, important bill that the Congress will pass this year. Even even more more important than the one they've already passed. Because something happened this year for the first time. If you had all of these Republican legislatures contrive all of these ways of making sure people couldn't vote. And that's the fundamental thing about our institution here in America. And H.R. 1 knocks that all out and comes up with a new way of how, how we should vote and, and how the, uh, the district should be uh, appropriated, actually, or made up. So H.R. 1 was the one who does that. So all these, these funny things where they were trying to gerrymander all these districts nationwide, uh, the bottom line is this will stop that. H1 is a national thing. So state, your state thing doesn't matter anymore. It's like the guy from Arizona who was the attorney uh, talked to the Supreme Court. He said, we only did this, otherwise we would never win. And that's really the problem we have at the nation, national problem is the Republicans can't get elected if it's a, if it's a free, free election because they don't, nobody, they're not popular enough. Nobody wants them. And you know they're they're the party of the of the rich guy, not not the little guy, and they care less about the little guy. Uh, and what they did uh, when when they had all the power in the world, in the world when Trump got elected by that by the fluke, the bottom line is the only bill they passed that whole time that Trump was in Trump was in, in, in power basically was to give all those tax cuts to billionaires. And that's really the problem we have is that in this country right now is we're skewed toward the billionaires. And the, the top 1%, one half of 1%, owns most of the country. Now, Dad, do you remember the first time that you ever voted in your life? Yes. I voted for a guy who I saw on, who I saw on a train station in New York City. And he asked me for his vote. And every time that guy came up, I voted for him. He's running for mayor. Of course, he never got elected. But he, he had asked me for my, my vote, so I voted for him every time. And he was standing there, standing at the uh, entrance to the subway, and shook my hand and asked me to vote for him. Uh, and I voted for him every time. I forget the guy's name, but anyway, he didn't get elected. And this was in Queens? Yes, it was in Queens. It must have been, oh, 60 years ago, almost. About how how old were you? Old enough to vote, so I had to be 21, I guess, or 18. And I voted, I remember, at that time for that guy. And Did that, you feel at that time that people were trying to make it harder for you to vote? No, no, not at all. Was voting a little more popular in the black community? I don't know if it was. I really, did, I really was not... 
politically aware enough to know if there were more. I mean, I, I really, frankly, never thought about it before the guy asked me to vote for him. I said, that's a good idea, and I will vote for him, and I voted for the guy. So I think I was just in as a freshman in college, probably, at, at Long Island University. And uh, I think that's, that's when that happened. Because I had to catch a subway to go, go to my uh, classes in, the, in Brooklyn. I, I lived in Queens. So, uh, you know, I, I voted I, my freshman year at the Bill Cookman College for Bill Clinton. Good, good. But this this was but this this was election for mayor. I had no idea who I voted for other than that. I'm sure there were other people on the ballot. But that's the only guy I remembered who I voted for. And I, I remembered his name for about 20 years. Now, since I'm older and semi-senile, I don't remember it. But the bottom line is he didn't get elected. You're not senile, <laughs> I'm actually fairly quick most of the time, so I understand that. <laughs> but I like to say that anyway. But uh, anyway, it was in, in New York City. It's the the whole voting thing is so regimented. It's one, even though you think about it as a, as a free kind of thing and democratic, it actually really is not. New York as a state is one of the hardest places to get registered to get elected and to actually vote. It really is very backward. And HO1 will change that for them too. So it'll, it'll, it'll do the gerrymandering uh, differently there, but still it's going to happen. And gerrymandering is the thing that's going to kill this country. That's why, that's why HR1 and the, the, the John Lewis bill, which is after that, which will stop some of the racial, racial profiling and stuff, those bills need to pass. Most did, did you get a chance to meet John Lewis? Actually, I never did. I never did. I met a lot of the other guys who were part of that. And I've been on the, the Edmund Pettus Bridge, as you have. I remember I took you there to it. Uh, and so a lot of the people around it I knew and met. Uh, and, you know... That summer, I had an opportunity to go to that march on Washington. One of my fellow workers in, in, in the uh, Parks Department, a young white guy, he said, uh, let's go to the march on Washington. I, I said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. That summer was also the summer of Woodstock. He asked me to go, on Woodstock, go to Woodstock with him, too. Because the ads were all these groups going to do this, dozens of groups. And go up there and do this and do that. I said, no, I'm not doing that either. And, and the bottom line of it is, those were two of the most monumental and change agent kinds of things that were that were were in effect that year. I didn't go to either one of them. That's how out of touch I was. Out of other things, I was at at that time. But that, at that period, I didn't know anybody who ever been elected to anything. And I barely knew the people that were running. And last summer, I was uh, working for the park department, and I was outside, you know, pulling weeds primarily. And inside of that, because we were in the, in the park that had a big industrial citywide pool, and what happened was they looked at the, at the people who were coming to that pool, and they and they had, they had this uh, special park helper thing where young young white guys were 
collecting um, people's belongings and gave gave them a thing. You put their belongings in a basket, and they would they would have this thing they put around their wrist, a foot, a foot, and then they went to the pool. Well, all these guys were young white guys. I told you got that job. Well, I had a very similar classification, same price, the same things, but I was my my job was to be out in the fields, shit like sharecroppers, and but they there was such such a big thing about integration. They told me I had to go inside with them. So I spent that summer doing that thing in the summertime, and um, you know playing basketball. And that winter, I was after every and all those guys got laid off in it. Like like on September 1st, they all got laid off. So they could go back to school because they're college students. Well, I didn't get laid off. I still had another like two three months. So I stayed there, and that that winter I was playing uh, semi-pro football for Jerry's Tireman. And Jerry's Tireman basically practiced in that pool. After the water was drained out, it was the size that pool was the size of a football field. And we practiced in that pool, which wasn't the name of water in it, but we practiced in that with sneakers, with sneakers on. And uh, when Jerry's time, we had, you know, three black guys that had played football earlier for other teams, like the Titans and other things, back in the hood. And we basically were there to integrate the team for Jerry's time. And, and uh, you know... Where's the hood? Where's the hood? But Hook was where we lived, which was St. Albans, Queens. That's the house that we talked about was on the block there. We played, we had played for the Titans, which was an all-black team. And uh, we, we basically uh, integrated this other team, Jerry's Tireman. And it was a little bit of a racial thing, but not much. Because I was a running back, and then Brooks was, was a buddy of mine. He was... Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he played. I think it was a lineman, actually. And he barely played. And then it was Donnie, who was much smaller, but he was quick. So he started a lot of the time. I started only some of the time as the halfback. And we ran what was called a wing tee. the first time I'd ever run it. And it was a, a very good... Uh, it, it, was, it was a very good uh, offense to run. I'd never run it, even though I'd... I had taught some of it before, but I hadn't taught that one. And it was it was it was, it was interesting. We I played with them all year. Uh, we went up to uh, play in, against the Hudson Valley Crusaders, uh, upstate New York. They were semi-pro team, and I almost broke my leg up there. But we were on television up there, and they still had the Hudson Valley Crusaders. They still, they still don't have a football team. How did you almost break your leg? Well, I was I was I was I was, I was a halfback, and the first couple of times I, I I didn't start, but they put me in. And the first couple of times I ran like 15 yards, it was about a pop. And after the second or third time I was running, I was really doing it. They kept on grabbing me, and I I kept on going until my my feet got caught, in, my cleats got caught in the grass, and you know my my it really semi busted my 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 leg, but it. You know, it wasn't that bad. But uh, I unfortunately... Uh, you to have the cleanest jersey on the field. No, I didn't have the cleanest jersey. Yeah, that's what your mother says. There's you know, no dirt. Everybody else had dirt on the jersey. Yours was just like it was the best brand
That's because I was good. <laughs> I gave him the, my crazy leg stuff. I gave him my, 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 my hop-along Cassidy stuff. And by the way, that was one of the things that, that I, I went to see the Giants play a couple times. And I was actually in the stadium to put the last game that Hopalong Cassidy played in. He was from Ohio State. He was a halfback, All-American. And he, but he was playing for, I think, the Eagles. And the Giants came in and just broke his leg, and he never played again. Uh, but that's, that's Howard Hopalong Cassidy. Uh, but, you know, it was... Biden just passed uh, the COVID relief. What are your thoughts on that? It's a great bill. I think we're watching the disintegration and semi-death of the Republicans. I mean, they were so mean-spirited that none of them voted for this bill, a bill that 70% of the country wants. That is the worst thing you can do as a politician, to vote against what your constituency wants. It was really stupid. Uh, so we're watching the death knell of the Republican Party. It may, it may come back again, but it'll be a very different party. And most of these guys won't be reelected. But you can't be reelected if you vote if you vote against everybody. And if you vote against these people getting some money that's so desperately needed. And uh, I mean, we, we, this pandemic has caused so much the country to have no money. And to be able to uh, not get by at all, and uh, and, for, and and for uh, uh, us to uh, and and for us us to be able to uh, get people fed and everything else, and they're voting against that. That's the best to be for never being reelected. So most of them are, are finished. And uh, the bill was extravagant. But it was a wish list and Christmas tree kind of thing, and people wanted it, and they got it. Uh, I think this is the Congress, by the way, that will add the District of Columbia and probably uh, one of the islands, I think, probably Puerto Rico, to the Congress. And add more stars to the flag, and so that's what I would predict will happen this time. But this district of Columbia is bigger than like 15 states in population, and they have no representative and actually that actually can vote in Congress. But they're considered to be too black and too, too democratic. Puerto Rico is pretty much the same thing, but they've really traditionally been Republican. So I, I, I would suspect that both of them will be put in sometimes this Congress. And I think that will change the whole balance of power for a long time. But this bill was the most sweeping bill, literally, in the last 50 years. I think it will equal out a lot of the playing field. The tax bill that Trump and them passed basically made income income inequality worse than it's ever been. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's needed. I heard this, this bill is going to cut childhood poverty in half. At least. And that's great. I mean, one of the things that Republicans always had is their mantra that the Democrats are here to give people stuff and the Republicans are here to take stuff from people. I think that's true. But this one is too too extreme that they were trying to try to stop this. And it's like spitting into the wind. It's 
and hit you right in the face. So no, I, I think this is a great bill. I think it's a great thing that's happening. And Biden basically was, I was a little skeptical of him, but he's the best thing that could have happened to us. Because him having been vice president for eight years to Obama, he really is sensitive to what's going on. And people of color elected him. The South Carolina folks who, who started with those women and Clyburn and them, that's who elected him. And the thought process was, after he got that and won one other state early, everybody else was just totally dropped right out. And that's, that's how he got elected. And uh, Trump has always been scared of him. And it, was, it looks like that was rightly so. And Trump's been an absolute fool out here trying, trying to just, just, raise, just, just raise money for himself. He told the Republicans, the Republicans, just give money to me. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's going to need that. They said he can't, they cannot use his image. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, well that's, that's the image of them. They're, they're just crooks. For the rich guys, that's all it is. But I, looking at what's going on in Georgia with the uh, thing with Trump and the uh, things of him trying to fix that election, I think he's going to be indicted on that. The lady who's doing that, that Fonnie, Fonnie Willis, who's the district attorney in Atlanta, She's, she's assembling a team of, of real real folks, heavyweights. And my suspicion is that they're going to indict Donald Trump. And it's, it's probably in many ways more important, that indi- indictment, than the one up in Manhattan, which is also very important. But I think they're going to make... Cy Vance and those guys in New York, I think they're going to soft pedal it. Funny in the game will put him in jail. And he... he and, in this case, I think they have an open and shut case because they have him on tape saying what he said that they needed to find 1,130 votes so he could get elected, and that's 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 putting pressure on to try to fix the elections, and that will put you in jail. But that they have a they've assembled a team of people who are basically into the RICO stuff, which is the racketeering statute, and. Uh, guy who wrote all of the stuff about how to how to how to use that, he was just hired by Fani in the gang. So no, he's <laughs> I think Pup's in, in, in a lot of trouble. Because I think that jury will be mostly black in Atlanta. And Trump has, 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 has made his money by just doing in black people. So you can forget about having a whole lot whole lot of uh, help there. And that's what's going to probably happen. But he, he's got, you know, so many things that he, he's hurt the Republican Party probably permanently. He's told people, don't give them any money. Give me money. Send, send all your money to me, not to them. Uh, it's just, you know, this is his new scam. He's, just, he's a grifter. And he's been grifting it constantly. So... The, the jury selection has started on the uh, George Floyd murder. What are your thoughts on that? I have a suspicion he that guy's going to get off. Terrible to say that, but I think that's, that's a good, strong possibility he'll get off. That was the reason why uh, the attorney general, who used to be a congressman, put in another charge of third-degree murder. Because that's, that's going to be a lesser charge. They won't give him the death penalty. 
and that's a fallback charge they're going to put in because he thinks he's going to get off. Depending upon what the jury looks like, I suspect that the jury will be mostly white and mostly people who are, who are cop-friendly. And uh, he's going to get off that charge. I hate to say that. Uh, I'm hoping he doesn't because he, he, he murdered that man. He tortured him and murdered him in front, in front of and that, and that young girl had not have photographed it on her phone. We never would have known it. But at eight and a half minutes, he had his knee on his neck. He deserves, you know, to be in jail the rest of his life. And he had done that a number of other times. He was not a good man. But I have a feeling that he's probably going to get off. He may get off 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 from a major charge, but why they added the third degree murder charge which will keep him in jail probably forever but um, that's that was not a good thing whatever you know that whole thing caused a lot of people uh, a lot of white people frankly to think differently about what's going on with race relations in this country and that, that's, that's where the Black Lives Matter uh, proclamation came in that whole movement came in had a lot of people thinking differently across the country and there were biracial groups saying we can, we need to stop this but no I think he's going to get off I hate to say that but I think he'll get off from that first charge uh, it'll be one of the lesser charges they'll probably get him in jail so justice is not blind nope never has been But I guess my point on that is, as long as he stays in the clinic for the rest of his life, because as soon as he was arrested, his wife, who I think was Japanese, divorced him immediately. I think she's been, she would have been trying to get rid of him before that, but she moved her stuff out and, and filed for divorce immediately that day. So, I mean, he, he was just not a nice guy. As, you know, part of my background, I, I spent two years as, as a military policeman, and some of those guys were just not nice guys. The vast majority of them were actually were pretty good, but there were some that were just not nice people. Uh, and, and the ones that I met in, in the HPD, which is Hawaiian Police Department, they were kind of hard guys, basically. They were not sympathetic to the people for who they were they were measuring, and most of them were, were Native Hawaiians. In fact, uh, there was people who were betting that I would stay in Hawaii and join the HPD because I could have joined right away. Uh, as soon as and, and left actually the service earlier to be with HPD, HPD. I said, well, my time's up. I'm out of here. So I served one year, 11 months, and 17 days. And that was it for my two-year commitment. So Now... Did you not like Hawaii? What was up with that? You're in an island that is in the middle of nowhere. It's like your neighborhood. You can't go 20 miles in any direction. And it gets to be claustrophobic, number one. Number two, there were no people who looked like me, who thought like me or anything else. It was a very caste-related kind of situation. And I was in a raw, I was in a, in a the cast that was called untouchable, really. Because um, the soldiers that were there, they were relegated to go into, I think it was a, like a hotel street, I think was the name of the street, where soldiers were. And, and that was like 
in many ways like Bourbon Street, but it was much, you know, people would, would knock you in the head and everything else. It was not a nice place. Plus, there's no women, basically. Uh, uh, women that were, I would, I would call, nicer, nicer kinds of women. Uh, so it was not a nice place. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, nicer, what does that mean, man? It means that the women that you saw on Hotel Street were people, women who were just there to take your money. They didn't care anything about you. They just want your money. I was only, I only spent a little, a very little time there myself. Uh, I think I went once or twice down to that street. Uh, and really, when I, my time was off, I never went there. And later on, I would, since I knew a lot of the MPs, I would stay there. And in the, in the, in the MP barracks, which is very near there, the food was better there, actually. Uh, but other than that, I, I wouldn't go there. But we would, and I, one, part of my duties, I was on midnight shift a lot, because they always tried to hide me with the MPs. So I was always on a midnight shift. So one of my du- duties was to go down to the, to the HPD. Uh, in Honolulu and pick up soldiers who had been arrested and put them in this big van that looked like a UPS truck and drive them on back. Uh, very often what we would do is we had patrol cars. So we'd take the patrol car because it was a lot, lot easier to drive. And one time I did that and it was raining and the patrol car started, started floating on the way back home, which was not pleasant, number one, because it came right through the floor. And they had to tow that car back, and then they had to bring out the other, you know, like a UPS man, to take this guy back. He was like a drunk driving, drunk, drunken, disorderly kind of thing. And but what they made us do was clean up that, that car afterwards, but it had been flooded. Uh, and it had been floating, literally. It came through the floor, and it had, the first time it had ever happened to me. But they had told us not to, to take the uh, cars, but to take their big van. I don't remember we picked up anybody from HPD, uh, and we just kind of disregarded that. It was, we were on the midnight shift, so nobody really knew. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the way of the world sometimes. Well, listen, we're coming towards the end of the show. Uh, talked a lot about some of these new bills, what you're passionate about. Give us a word of hope for the future. My word of hope is that HR1 passes, uh, the John Lewis bill will pass, and we can think about uh, the bill that just passed today that was uh, Joe Biden's main bill coming up. If he does nothing else, he's probably shaped the country positively for the rest of his life. I think that's an earth-shaking bill, and it's really to put a, put a, a death knell in probably the Republican Party. So I'll say to all the people who are out there, I think that this is a good time for all. Let's keep and pray for Joe Biden and the people that are out there. And adios, muchachos. I'll see you. All right. Love you, Dad. Love you, Dad. Okay. Love you, too.